Arizona, let, let me tell you, we're not doing too bad. We are at 84 today. So we're doing all right. Okay, so we're like 102, I think. Yeah, that sounds about an Arizona summer day, so. <laughs> um, I hope people can log in. I just, um, we won't be able, well, you know, we're also live on Facebook, so um, we're skipping awesome. it later. Um, awesome. How are you? I'm sorry for waking you up. Well. Early. Oh, no, I, I wake up pretty early. I went on my morning run and I'm back. You made me take a shower today, so that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, things are going great. Amazing. Awesome. Hi. Um, so um, let's, uh, let's start with the interview. The, the Tel Aviv Institute, I'll just start with a bit about the Tel Aviv Institute, our uh, sponsors for today, and then we'll dive right in it, uh, into it. Um, Tel Aviv Institute is a um, center for research, on, uh, research of online hate, uh, all sorts of hate. Um, we're trying to combat it using uh, technological tools. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, we're based in Tel Aviv and uh, we're using technology from Tel Aviv. Who's that? Wow. This is Betty. She's making a guest appearance today. <laughs> <laughs> doing the show. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, so Tel Aviv, uh, I'm getting text messages from people that can't join the meeting for some reason. I really don't know what's up with Zoom, but I heard it was off, it fell down, so probably that's what it is. Um, but um, anyway, so we're, we're doing this uh, um, series of uh, interviews online with um, uh, amazing young leaders like uh, yourself and others. Um, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll just send a link on Facebook for, um, on Twitter for everyone to join. Um, and, um, yeah, so you're, you're our first guest and I'm, couldn't be more happy to, uh, host you because, um, uh, we go way back. I feel like I know you for a long time, but not that way back. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been some, it's been some time. Sorry, my dog, Bettina is deciding she wants to also participate, but, um, yeah, we've known each other for some time. I think we followed each other on Twitter and that's kind of how this all began. Right. So it's been it's been a fun a fun time and you know I, I'm really excited we finally met I think for the first time at the APAC conference not right. too long ago so that was really exciting uh, but I I'm really excited to be able to join you and do this today. Yeah, me too. I mean I've been following your work for um, for a while and I think you're uh, incredible um, and um, I'm just like so honored that you're uh, joining us. I think you're. Really incredible and so inspirational. So, uh, Thank you. Um, so we're going to keep it under thirty minutes. Um, awesome. Now, uh, I know you're busy, and uh, um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll try and uh, keep it short and sweet. So, um, first Great. of all, I want to I want to hear more about you. Uh, tell me about yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, for those of that are on and don't know, um, my name is Alma, and I'm from Tucson, Arizona. I was born and raised here. I am the youngest of three, so it's a really um, interesting time to be, you know, in quarantine with your siblings and having to be around each other way too much. Uh, but I'm the youngest of three, and in our family, it's a pretty political family. So my brother is actually a state representative, like I am, um, and our sister serves on a school board. So the three of us are pretty active politically, and I, I went to the University of Arizona, so I'm really excited about that. I went there for undergrad and grad school. I also have some further public health training from Johns Hopkins and my background is in public health, which is extremely relevant nowadays. 
Right. But a few years ago, I had family members asking me, like, why public health? What is that? Why are you doing this? So it's been an interesting time. Um, I serve in the legislature, so I'm serving in my sec in my first first election cycle, but my second um, legislative session. So that's what I um, do. I serve on the Health and Human Services Committee and on the Federal Relations Committee. So it's all a really exciting time for me. I'm also the youngest uh, woman ever elected to the Arizona legislature, which is also a really cool thing. I hope that more young women run for office um, besides myself. So it's, it's been a great time. I, I love Tucson. I'm from here. And I, I'm assuming I'll continue to live here for many, many years to come. Amazing. Um, and um, what do you hope to achieve in your line of, line of work in your career? Mm -hmm. yeah, so part of the, yeah, so part of the reason I ran for office was because being involved in politics at such an early age, I realized that there's so much that we can change by being involved. So for me, I really just want to change some of these things that I've seen in my community that have affected many of the people and communities, um, members that live there, such as poverty, working on issues that um, really have affected education and just the infrastructure and issues that are everyday life for everybody else, but many times for us, it's very difficult. So I really would like to change a lot of that. Um, that's part of the reason why I ran for office and why I'm running again. I think it's important for us to be able to advocate, be advocates of our own communities. So I'm actually really excited that I'm serving the district where I was born and raised. So that hardly happens. A lot of times people move around or move into different parts of the state, but I actually continue to, to live in the district where I, where I was born and raised, and I'm fortunate to be able to serve that district. So for me, for me, it's a very exciting time, and I hope that in the next years to come, I will hopefully still be in office. We'll see. I, I, that's part of the goal. I do plan on running again. Everyone's always asking, like, what do you plan on running for next? I quite frankly don't know. <laughs> um, I, I'm very happy where I am at the legislature and I just want to continue doing the work. But who knows, you know, maybe later down the road, I'll run for something else. But right now I'm, I'm really happy where I am. I also teach, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I also teach at the university. So I teach health policy um, at Arizona State University. Mm -hmm. So that's also my other side job that I do besides the legislature. Amazing. Um, and so on that, on that note, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, goodness, in 10 years. Well, hopefully in 10 years, I'll have a boyfriend. <laughs> hopefully married with kids in 10 years. We'll see. I don't know. Um, I, I do really think that in 10 years, I'll still continue to be involved in politics. I think it's in my blood and my nature, and I'll continue to do what I'm doing. I, I do hope that in 10 years, by then, I'll, I'll have finished my PhD. We'll see. Um, I applied for pro, uh, one program this year, didn't get in, so I'll continue to apply. Um, and that's part of what I would like to do, continue being in academia, continue being involved in politics. And we'll see, you know, I think 10 years is a really long time. So I don't really have a set plan. I like to live in the moment and kind of, I don't really plan things with a lot of time in advance, as I'm sure you noticed this morning. <laughs> but I, but we had technical difficulties. But at the end of the day, I think it's about living in where you are now. And I, I don't really have a set plan on what is going to happen next so we'll see yeah i like that um and uh we'll, we'll move a bit more to your uh, jewish identity which is a big part yeah. of who you are and you're very open about it and you're not shying away from it um unapologetically uh um, 
all that you are. Um, so what does is, what is being Jewish mean to you? Yeah, so for me, I mean, it's obviously a big part of my life and who I am as a person. Um, it, it, it's something that's really important to me. You know, when I went through the entire process and did everything, my, my Hebrew name is Malka, and, and my rabbi allowed me to add a very special part, which is unofficial, but librada, which means liberated, and that's my great-great-grandmother's name. And so for me, it's a very special thing to be able to continue, you know, in the legacy and, and just honor my, my ancestors. So for me, it's huge. My mother is from Mexico and my father's from California. So I, I definitely appreciate the fact that I can bring a different perspective. Um, I also come from a very diverse family. So for me, being Jewish really is, is a huge part of my life and everyday life for me. So I'm really proud of it. I definitely think that There, it shows that in our communities, it's so diverse and there's a little bit of everything and everyone is welcomed and everyone is appreciated for who they are. So I, I definitely, you know, I live my life in a, in a very positive way, but I also make sure that I'm, you know, thinking of things like Tikkun Olam and helping others that are in need. So that's a really big part of my life. Amazing. And uh, as you said, we, as we said before, uh, we met in, uh, in APAC and Israel is also a big yeah. part of your... Um, Uh, I mean, you're very unapologetically Zionist as well. Um, uh, how did that happen? I mean, is, were you always um, so involved with Israel causes? Is it something that yeah. you were interested in? So my involvement with the pro-Israel world, pro-Israel activity actually started in high school. Um, and that's when I started my involvement with APAC, which I'm really proud of because I've been involved with APAC for, for many years now. And it's sometimes very interesting for some people to say, well, you're such a progressive, you're, you know, you're a Democrat, how are you involved with an organization like APAC? And for me, it's very simple. At the end of the day, we're advocating for one thing only, and that's to make sure that Israel has what, what she needs to protect herself, right? And that to me is really important. And making sure that Israel continues to exist and be the home to many people who want to go live there and who currently live there, for me, is extremely important. So building the U.S. and Israel relationship for me has always been a priority. And everything that I do, and since I started my involvement in politics and in the pro-Israel world. So for me, you know, I, I feel I, I would one day love to spend more than two weeks in Israel. Hopefully I can do that at some point in my life. But I love Israel. It's such an amazing place. It's beautiful. The people are amazing. The food is great. And, and it's just somewhere where I feel that it's home away from home. And, and I want to make sure that that is something for everyone who feels that that is a part of, of their identity, that that is a part of, they want it to be their home. And I think that that's part of the reason why I've been so unapologetic about it. I get in a lot of trouble as so do you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both get in a lot of trouble for some of the things that we have said and done. But at the end of the day, I, I stay true to myself and I know where my values are. And I know that defending Israel and making sure that Israel can really do what, what is possible to protect yourself is very important to me. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, it's, um, you know, we've, we've both been involved with uh, Jewish groups and, and uh, pro-Israel groups. And um, I feel like there's a lot of things that are doing right and a lot of things that are doing wrong. So before we go to the good stuff, what do you think the Jewish yeah. community at large can do better to, um, to improve the situation, I would say? Yeah, so are you, are you talking about specifically to Israel or just in general, the Jewish community? Let's, let's do both. <laughs> okay, so... I've been involved <laughs> for many years since I was very young and I'm still very young. And what I've noticed over the years is that young people 
tend to not have a place when it comes to sitting on boards or being active in the community. It's very difficult. And I'm sure you, you probably know this because I'm probably preaching to the choir, but there are many people that um, are very set on their ways, right? And they've been involved for many years. And I completely respect that. I appreciate the work that they've done. But I think now in this, in this time and day, it's time for the new generation to be allowed to have input and be allowed to be involved. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of, of our Jewish community has been lacking over the years is the acceptance that young people are also bringing things to the table and can actually be involved and be productive. That's one of the things that I feel that we're lacking is allowing the young folks to get involved. Um, I know some organizations are working on it and have done a great job of trying to include more of the, the younger generation um, to be able to bring up our communities, right? Because at the end of the day, it's going to be people like us that will continue being involved in bringing things and getting more people involved over the years, right? So it's important that we engage the younger folks now rather than wait until it's too late to engage them. So that's one of the, one of the important things for me. And when it comes to Israel, I, I don't live there, obviously. And I don't ever like to say that I know what's best for the people who live in Israel because, because at the end of the day, I don't. I don't live there. But what I will say is, you know, there are some, some things that I feel that many people are very passionate about um, and, and they feel very strongly about the way that things have gone in Israel. And at the end of the day, I always say this, my, my big thing is making sure that we do, again, what we can to support Israel in a, in a positive and uplift Israel in a positive way. Um, but I also am very careful in, in what, basically, in what we're doing when we're it's okay to criticize Israel and it's, it's okay to do that, but it's also, you don't want to do it in a way where you're demonizing Israel and making Israel be out to be the horrible place that many people want it to be. So for me, I'm very careful when it comes to that, you know, yes, sometimes I can be upset of some of the things that BB says or has done. I, I don't think that we all can sit here and say everything has been great because I think we would be lying to ourselves. But at the end of the day, I think we also need to be careful in how we how we approach those things, right? Um, it's very easy for me to go on Twitter or online and say like, Israel's horrible, Israel did this. But there's a lot to the stories I think a lot of people don't get. Um, so it's very important that we be careful in the way that we um, call out Israel, because at the end of the day, I think, you know, it, we, we live in a democracy. We're able to to have doubts and say that we don't like how things go. And at the end of the day, still support. It's like that cousin that, you know, we all have <laughs> that sometimes we're upset at and annoyed with. But at the end of the day, they're still family and we still want to be there for them. That's kind of how that feels. And, you know, I'm not saying Israel's perfect. Um, I, I don't think. Israel um, is, is a perfect place, and I don't think the U.S. is a perfect place. So for me, it's just making sure that, you know, we're, we're doing things. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything. Right. And, well, on, on that note, I mean, uh, um, we're, um, we're seeing the Jewish community is always trying to, um, um, to innovate new ideas of how to get people engaged um, and young people. And you said, you know, a lot of young people don't feel, not a lot, but some young people don't feel like... Uh, yeah. Uh, welcomed into the Jewish community as much as uh, I think we should uh, uh, be welcoming. Um, what do you make of that? I have a lot of friends personally that have said that the reason they're not involved, whether it's, and, and again, we all live our very Jewish lives very differently, right? Like <laughs> there are some people that are very disconnected from what the Jewish communities are at home or very connected more to like Israel activities and such. But 
we all do everything differently. I, I don't, I don't live a perfect life and I, and I don't think anyone does. Um, and if they do, well then, you know, great, great for them. But at the end of the day, I think that one of the main reasons why so many people have not been involved as involved in the community is because they don't feel that they have a seat at the table. Um, they don't feel that any of their ideas or our suggestions are taken into consideration or taken into account, which I will tell you that I can't tell you how many times I've had suggestions that, that you know, I feel that many times don't even get acknowledged. But at the end of the day, it's so important for us to be able to engage them and make them feel that they're a part of the community as well, because I don't think any idea is stupid. At the end of the day, you know, some people do come up with some pretty crazy ideas, but I don't think they're stupid. We all bring something to the table and I think we're all special in our own ways. So for me, it's important that we do what we can now to encourage these folks to be involved. Because the way I see it is if we don't get them involved now, when they get much older, it's too late. Like we've lost them at that point. And if we want them to be productive and involved in our communities, we have to give them, you know, a place to feel that they're also a part of the community. So I, I really hope that we continue to work on that. And, and that's from, from federations to organizations. It's up and down all the way across the board in the Jewish community. Right. And, and individuals, I would say, you know, we, we should all make everyone feel welcome. And, and by the way, that's the concept of this uh, under 30 um, um, series of interviews that I hope next time we'll work properly. Deeply apologize for whoever was watching us and can't connect <laughs> to, the, to the call. I understand there's some problems next time. Everything would be better, um, but this is what we're trying to do. We're really trying to bring people that um, um, are not the typical um, speakers at Jewish events that you know that people are used to here. And um, there's so many uh, amazing people like yourself and and others that will come later on. That um, um, we think that it's so important to to hear you and to and to make sure you have you know your your story is being heard. So I would from here I would go to um, another community that you're a part of. Uh, you're also very proud um, Mexican and you're um, uh, unapologetic about that as well. Um, what are some of the challenges that you're facing as a Mexican woman that you're trying to fix with your work and you, yeah. you think we need to work on fixing? Yeah, I think one of the things is, uh, you know, Mexican families and the Mexican, um, Hispanic and Latino community, we're very much alike um, when it comes to the Jewish community. We care about families, we care about, we're very close as families, right? Like our, our families mean everything to us. And I think that's one of the main things and one of the main focuses is in the Jewish community, we very much cherish and appreciate our, our elders and our family, right? It's the same thing in the Mexican and um, Hispanic and Latino communities, depending on how people identify because people, some people, you know, identify as being Mexican or Latino or Hispanic. So there, there's that. But one of the issues that I've had all, you know, since I was a kid was, again, this whole notion of when you're, it, you know things or you're experienced based on your age. And that's one of the big challenges is I just turned 27 April 11th. Um, I got elected when I was 25. But I've been involved in the community since I was 14, doing um, political activism and being very involved. But I've had, I've had to, for years, to prove myself because of my age and because of being a woman and be, being a young Latina, it's difficult to gain the trust from, from those folks who feel many times that because I'm not, you know, 40, that, I, that I'm someone that they can, you know, put their trust into. So for me, it's been, it's been a battle of, having to constantly prove myself and 
show people that I am capable of doing the work because of my age. So that's a really big thing that I've seen in the Hispanic community where age is a really big issue. Um, and I don't see it that way, but a lot of people do. Um, one of the other challenges that I've had is since I started running for office and in the Hispanic culture, you know, if you're if you're over, if you're almost 30 and you still don't have a family or kids, it's like, whoa, what is going on? Right. It's, it's, it's a serious thing. And a lot of people, you know, I, I joke about it now because I used to knock on doors when I was running two years ago and the nanas and the tatas would say, oh, where are your kids? Where are your, where's your husband? Where's your family? And I, I laugh about that now because I'm like, I didn't think I needed that to be able to, you know, qualify to live my life. But that is a big part. Again, it's a big sense of community. And it's, if you don't have that right now, it's like, what is wrong? What can we do to help you get there? So now I joke around and I tell people, find me a boyfriend, you know, find me someone when I knock on doors before COVID, the older grandmas would say, you know, oh, I think I, I think I have someone for you, like my nephew or my cousin, and everyone's like trying to find me someone. And I laugh about it now. Because I'm like, I don't think that that that, you know, qualifies you or makes you qualified to live your life or be, you know, contributing to, to, to this world. But that's a big part of the Hispanic culture is, you know, I'm 27 and I don't have kids and I'm not married, like the world's going to end. So <laughs> that's a big part of it. <laughs> and it's, it's been a battle. I, I, I'm not going to lie and say that it's, you know, like just a joke, but it, it really has been an uphill battle having to prove the whole age thing and, and being able to prove that I can still serve my constituents without having a family. It's kind of weird, but that's part of, part of life. Yeah. Well, I completely agree. You can do everything by yourself, but I also have a brother that is single. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, please send him over. <laughs> we'll discuss it later. Um, but uh, I, you know, I was going to ask um, how, how does your Jewish identity intersect with your um, um, Mexican identity? And if there is any, any place, I mean, other than everyone trying to set you up with their cousins, uh, is there any other places where you see that it's, um, um, you know, you, you have a different experience for being a Mexican Jewish woman than, uh, than other people. Where does that come into play in your life? But like I said earlier, it's, it's very much related, right? A lot of just the Jewish community in general is so much alike, like the Hispanic and Latino community in so many ways. But, you know, for me, it's, it, it really doesn't feel any different. Um, you know, being a Mexican Jew feels, feels normal to me. Like it doesn't feel like I'm out of place or that I don't have a place in either, in either side. But, but I will say that it makes me realize that there is so much more to life <laughs> than identifying to one or the other. And I think it's very difficult when people try to tell me like, you know, you, you can't be both. You have to be, you have to choose between what you want to be. And at the end of the day, I, I don't agree with that. And I push back all the time because I can be a Mexican woman, Mexican independent woman going into a space where I have my opinions, but I could also, I don't have to check my Jewishness at the door. And I never will compromise that for anybody or anything. So, you know, people just have to accept us as who we are. And at the end of the day, if they don't like it, then they don't like it. But it's very, um, you know, I, I, I say all the time within my progressive circles too, is you can't be progressive, uh, pro-Israel. You can't, you know, there's all these things that they try to fit. They want you to fit into, you know, a bubble or a, or a square of where you should be. And I don't, I don't like having to choose between my identities because I think they all make me who I am. 
And at the end of the day, I'm not going to pick one over the other because they both are equally as important to me. Wow, you're such an inspiration, I'm telling you. Uh, this is like, this is exactly, I'm, I'm speaking to a lot of young people online and we're working with young people in uh, several Institute and we're trying to understand. And, and a lot of them are really facing what you're, what you're saying, that they have to compromise yeah. for one part of their identity. I mean, I, I also face it uh, online a lot. And I think that that is such an important statement that don't compromise. Uh, don't ever give any part of your, who you are at the door. Um, so that's incredible. Um, I, uh, we have a few more minutes, like five minutes. So I want to make yeah. sure I'm asking you the important questions. Um, uh, what is your best advice for young people that are facing um, challenges and hatred or bigotry uh, for who they are? Um, you know, you're, you made it, you really made it in your life and you never allowed anyone to tell you that you can't um, and you still make it, you know, still making it. Uh, what is your advice to those uh, young folks? Yeah, so my main advice, I mean, not just young folks, but just everyone in general, because I see it all the time. I hear from folks from all over the world constantly. And one of the things I tell people is you will always have those that don't like you. You could be the most perfect person on this planet and someone will find something that they don't like about you. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to live your life knowing exactly who you are and being comfortable with yourself regardless of what anyone tells you. So what I would tell those that are, you know, struggling with what we, me and you both struggle a lot with, which is a lot of hate online right. is don't listen to them. You know, you have to continue to live your life and pretend like they don't exist. You know, I've had to really learn the hard way is I used to read all the messages I used to, you know, get, Oh my goodness. It, it, it's people sitting, I, I guarantee you it's people sitting in their, in their parents' basements, just writing you horrible things behind a screen. And you have to learn to, if you love yourself and you, and you are okay with who you are, nothing can stop you. Like you have to be willing to, you know, it's difficult. I will say some of the messages I've received over the years, it's tough, but you have to be, you have to be happy with who you are or you will never be happy. So that's one of my things. Um, Whatever the advice that I'd like to give those folks. And also, if there's anything that you ever want to do, I can't tell you how many, if I got a dollar for every time I was told, not to run for office. It wasn't my turn. I wasn't seasoned enough. You're not old enough. Oh my goodness. I'd be rich right now. <laughs> so what I would tell people is whatever, regardless of what stage you are in your life, if you want to do something, do it. No one is, no one can stop you, but yourself. And that's one of the big things, you know, that I've had, you know, yes, like I, I gave the example, I, I applied for a doctoral program in public health was denied. It's okay. Life goes on. You know, you try again next year. And that's the same thing I, I try to encourage people, you know, yeah, I was sad for about a few days, a few hours. I allowed myself to be sad for a day. And then I said, you know what, it's not the end of the world. And there are other programs out there and other people that will want you to bring something to the table. So regardless of what it is, whether people want to run for office, you know, be advocates for um, Israel or in politics, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is they want to do, they should be able to do it regardless of what anyone tells them. I love that. Um... What is your favorite reality TV show? Oh my goodness. 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> if, I, if you haven't seen that show, it's, it's amazing. I, I spend way too much time right now. Um, I, hours that I could never gain back in my life that I've wasted watching this show. <laughs> I will admit. 90 Day Fiance is hilarious. I, I watch the clips on everything that I can find on, on Twitter, on Instagram. It keeps, it, it's funny. It's a great show and it keeps me entertained. And that's kind of what I watch 
when I'm not doing anything political, I sit down and watch 90 Day Fiance. It's a little addicting. I've watched way too many episodes, but that's, that's what I like to watch. Amazing. It's I'll... also trash. My dad always <laughs> says it's trash TV, and I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, you need it sometimes. You need some escapism from right. this time. Um, so before we let you off, uh, if anyone have any questions of our viewers here, yeah. our committed viewers that um, uh, can, you can type it. Um, and um, before and while they're doing it, I'll just ask you, uh, where can you, we follow you online? Um, and what do you want us to do to help you in the future for the people that will look at it after? Um, how can we support you? We want you to become the president. So um, how do oh, you oh, please. <laughs> Um, well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter and it's Alma for Arizona. Um, and also I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I always respond to people on social media pretty quickly, actually. So if anyone has any questions and wants to like ask or send me messages, I'm always available. Um, let's see. And what was the other question? Sorry. And how can we support your, uh, your work? And oh, support my efforts. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there are those folks that do, you know, appreciate the work that me and Penn do, um, make sure you, you share that with others, because I think we live in a society where everything is very, you know, people like to keep people in a bubble. And the more we can share our stories and the more that we can get out there and talk to people, it's, it's, it's important for us to be out there. Right. So I would say, you know, tell your friends about us, share our stuff on social media every now and then message us because it gets very lonely in this political world, I will say. Um, so, you know, I, I appreciate you all for, for taking time and, and joining and joining. I think there's a few questions. I don't know how this works. Let's see. Um, so Avan, um, you are the best representative. Oh. As, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> together and Alma for willing to do this. Um, I've not met either of you yet, but I've seen following you on Twitter for some time. Uh, you're both inspiring. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Lauren. Well, thank you all for, for doing this. I don't know what time zones you're all on, but um, I think it's, what time is it here? It's 9.31 a.m. Are you about to be ready to go, be, to, go to bed? Um, we're, uh, it's just 7.30 here, so we have some more time. Oh, okay. Um, He's but, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, but um, it's been such a pleasure. You are really an inspiring yeah. person, and, and I cannot thank you um, for all of what you're doing and who you are. And just so you know, you're inspiring so many people, even the people that don't write to you, just the fact that you are there and you're sane and you're staying true to who you are um, means so much for so many people. So thank you so much for that. Thanks for joining us today. Well, um, I appreciate it. Posted live. This will be posted after uh, on social media so people can see it as well. Um, and yeah, and um, thank you, Alma. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you all very much. And I hope that, you know, we keep in touch. And if there's any questions you all have, you want to ask me offline, just message me. And um, great seeing you all. Lila Tove, for those of you who are going to bed soon. And good morning to those of you who are in your morning. <laughs> so have a great one and we'll see you soon. And make sure you call me about your brother. <laughs> you yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> right. Well, nice seeing you all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.